2: In by Kulishevsky. Ah!
3: Welcome listeners to the extra inch. My name's Wendy and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend Bardy. Hello Bardy. Hello, Wendy. And our tactics guy and a man who has three lionesses on his shirt. It's Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. It's home. It's home now.
0: Yeah, it's finally. Home. It's home.
3: <laughs> we don't need to we don't need to call it home anymore. It's here.
1: It's done. It's been
0: beckoned.
3: It yeah. has
1: arrived. It's been delivered been smashed home it's it's here the song can go and and we can all just get on with just watching <laughs> tournament football now without this stupidity ringing around the stadium or ringing around beer gardens and the rest of it so well done, well done, England, for finally burying it and um the ladies doing what the men can't i mean and for me i'm I'm two European championships in a row back to back summers of of winning so um yeah, that's good.
3: Uh, you absolutely do not get to claim this. You, you can't. You, you, you spend your whole life disowning England at every possible opportunity.
1: You can't gatekeep who I support. And I was... <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no, yes we forget. I
1: <laughs> mean, you can't have
0: two it... national teams.
1: If um if Southgate decides to learn some tactical now from Serena and um, goes into the World Cup and actually makes proper decisions and utilises the strength and depth and the ability of his squad and, and does something and wins the World Cup, then yeah, you know I might come on board just for he came. So
0: <laughs> no wonder you like Jorginho. <laughs> yeah, I
1: could, I could win, I could win three major tournaments in a row. Would be great, especially because it would upset people like you, Wendy. <laughs> it, it it would upset me a bit. Not gonna lie.
3: I really, I really loved that. I really loved that final and the celebrations in particular. Um, mm. Just so fun, just such a likable team. Yeah, uh, I mean, they've just been magnificent throughout the tournament. Some really, really impressive performances. Uh, the player that I like the best, best is Kira Walsh. I think she's mm. just fantastic. Really. Brilliant passing ability, but also just knows when to keep it simple. Just you know, does all the sensible things in midfield. She's a fantastic player. Um, but there were so many good performers throughout the tournament for England. Like I, th- I think the goalkeeper, ups is is wonderful and a real character as well and an organizer and a motivator. And then obviously White and Russo and Mead have just been yeah Russo great. the Italian Russo,
1: Russo. yeah. You needed an Italian on there to show you how to win. That that was winning mentality.
3: Right. That's it. That's what we needed all along. So what you're saying is we need to find a a men's player now with dual nationality and and that will transform our fortunes.
1: Well, I think the England the uh, rugby team won the world cup with Lawrence Delaglio and his dad is full <laughs> Italian so there you go you need a bit of a, t- a bit of old boot in there to to win, to make you win and Nathan you managed to get
3: to uh, one of the matches
0: yeah i got to the the France Germany semi final um a listener gave me a ticket well i <laughs> i had a ticket uh, and so did mariam uh, but there was a train strike um there was maybe a way of getting but i didn't want to be using the trains at all during a strike um because you know i don't believe in that um so my dad was very kind and offered to give us a lift which is you know very very sweet but i thought it was really harsh that he was just gonna sit in the car and watch the game on his phone or whatever so um i asked on twitter and one of our listeners um let me just find out who actually, to be kind. Ruby, thank you very much to Ruby who gave who gave me. I asked for one, she gave me two tickets, and so oh, brought man. my mum along as well. Oh, <laughs> that's was so a nice. That's so nice, so nice. Oh, yeah. So Ruby, legend. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and I had a fun time. That's it's nice awesome, going though. to a game where you don't have a particular allegiance to one team or the other, and you can just watch some good football. Uh, I, I was I wanted Germany to win because I thought they were the bat, better matchup for England, which is hmm. very easy to say now, isn't it? <laughs> right. Um, but but it was um, it's nice to be sort of a neutral, but also care about the game at the same time. You know what I mean?
3: For sure, mate. For I mean, it's sure. the first time I've
0: been in. in a, I've been to matches because I've been to like WSL games, but it's the first time I've been in a stadium um, during a game for for a while now. You know. How was it? It wasn't weird at all. It was just a media yeah. back to normal, you know? I Yeah, it was just just like kind of being home in a way, even though I've never been to Stadium MK before. It was, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting to some first games in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Likewise,
3: can't wait. Cannot wait. So, you will have heard our new intro music, or should I say, our updated intro music. And I want to say a massive thank you to David Lindmer for producing that once again uh he is 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 pretty special he um so since since we worked with dave before uh he is now signed to afterlife and is massive now he's huge uh he is on twitter at davy shambles not baby shambles as some of our listeners thought i was <laughs> always saying i mean that's the joke right that's the, that's the that's why his his username his is funny it is davy shambles d a v e y shambles uh he's he's absolutely brilliant so if you like your um what did he describe his music as melodic techno i think if if that's your thing then check out dave's work he is he's pretty great um we've got new artwork as well courtesy of Trayton miller who we've been working with for Uh, Several months now. This has been quite a big project and really appreciated Trayton's patience with me and us. Uh, He is fantastic to work with. I definitely recommend him if you need some graphic design or website design work done. Um, Details will be in our show notes. So we had the Roma friendly. Um, (laughs) Not really a great deal to read into this match for a number of reasons. Primarily because they were playing in ridiculous humidity in Israel. And uh, and we got Mourinho'd in a pre-season friendly, which just sucked all the fun out of it. Uh, but any any takeaways for from either of you, Jose? Still got it?
0: <laughs> he fu- we we <laughs> brought that man into this club long after there were reasonable concerns about the viability of his playing style, right? And he came in, and it was okay for a while, and then it was fucking terrible, and the football was unbearable to watch, right? That was one mistake. Okay, you know, mistakes happen, right? And then we moved on. We had Nuno the caretaker, and then we had an actual football coach come into a club and point out that, look, actually, some of these idiots are really good footballers and they can play perfectly good, entertaining to watch skillful football if they're coached properly. And then we decided, no, that wasn't enough. We need more Jose Mourinho in life. We're going to arrange a friendly with a man who's going to play it like a cup final, go one up and park the bus, get 35% possession in horrifying heat. Why Why are we opting back into that as an experience? I hate him so much. And I know, I know that me getting this wound up about it is as pathetic as him playing the game in that way, but I'll get over this and he will burn in hell for all eternity <laughs> for his crimes against football.
1: He's definitely still got it. <laughs> he's, he can still upset Nathan <laughs> so much even a few years after he's left.
3: Yeah, he, watching him um, sort of arrogantly shake hands with Conte after the game actually made my blood boil a little bit. Mm. It was, it was so irritating. Um, and then obviously there's the, there's the social media post of him with Lucas in some kind of weird embrace. Um, but you, you're welcome to him, Jose, you're welcome to him, you know, please sign him. Um, but yeah, it it wasn't a very fun match to watch as we discovered about a lot of Mourinho's matches. Um, but I feel like there were some notable performances still. Um, Obviously, despite the defeat, despite the fact that we didn't have a shot on target, despite the fact that there was very limited attacking intent or any intent at all, because I presume of the humidity, um, Perisic really caught my eye. That guy is a machine. He doesn't stop constantly wanting to get the ball and move forward with it. In fact, moving forward off the ball as well. Just really impressive work rate given his um, relative fitness levels right now and i really really liked what i saw from clemon longley in the second half just a very purposeful player you know he sees space and he gallops into it and he means business what did you guys think of those two
1: yeah perisic is is a magnificent player um left foot right foot it's kind of got a little bit of everything and I didn't watch the game live, so I missed out on on the the pure sieve. But I've I've been catching up on it, and I've seen I've seen the highlights. And Longley is is quite accomplished on the ball, and mm. quite um yeah quite a connoisseur going forward. So that's nice to see.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I was impressed with Perisic. Although we kind of know what we getting with him, mm. I think really. Um, Long <laughs> Longley didn't come on until time, By which time I'd largely checked out of watching the match at all. Right. So you'll have to tell me about what happened in the second half. Understandable. I, Understandable. I watched I watched highlights. Um, Yesterday and I saw him, yeah, carry the ball, get get into some really uh, advanced positions on the ball a couple of times, but I, <laughs> I just couldn't bear it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Sanchez continues on the left again, which you know yeah. we've we've discussed it several times. There's no point really going over it again.
0: And and one of the sort of most infamous um, Mourinho things is his preparation for Davinson in the Europa League final with Ajax. Um And then him telling davinson on on camera about that and and him approaching this game as a competitive as a highly competitive fixture, of course he did the same <laughs> setup he also did it when he was at united um uh, and we had Pochettino. so every time he plays against Davinson, he will always deliberately and specifically set up a marking scheme to isolate davinson on the ball, and he did it in a friendly because of course he did. Yeah. I'm about to go on another round. <laughs>
3: And, and what I will say is Davinson did all the things that you would hope that he would do. Like he ran forward into space. He ran forward off the ball when he had time to do so. But the problem is he just doesn't lack, He sorry, he doesn't have the quality to make the most of the positions that he's in after he's done those things. So I give him 10 out of 10 for his game and his intentions. And I, I give him four out of 10 for his execution, which just isn't there. And, and you see the difference with Longley coming on a much more natural um, technical af- um, footballer. Um, and it was really it was really stark, the contrast between the two. So Longley was able to um, drive forward with purpose and then find a pass at the end. In fact, on one occasion, he drove through and carried on driving through and ended up basically at the byline, which was something that took me completely by surprise and looked really kind of easy to him in the same way that it is for Romero. So hopefully um, plenty more of that to come. And he just seemed to have a good understanding with the players around him as well, whereas Sanchez, uh, bless him, just sort of looked like he was in the way a bit when he marauded forward. Um, But that's not to say, you know, Sanchez put in a a very um, valid effort in that game and he did make a really good challenge at one point as well. Mm -hmm. It's worth pointing out. He did some good defending. Um, I just don't think that left-sided position does him any favours at all. It's, It's not good for him. It's not good for us.
1: I mean, one thing that these friendlies have reminded me is just like, I just don't like friendlies. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait until next week where we can actually talk about a proper game and something the, riding on it. Yeah, the decisions that have been made, the tactical things that have been done haven't been just because players aren't quite ready yet or they're new to the club and everything else. There'll be a point to everything that's been done. But I do think Longley's probably played his way into the starting lineup. I know we'll probably talk about that, but I just, I just think everything that you mentioned just suits a Conte back free better. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him start. Mm, mm, I hope we, so. We'll
3: mm. definitely come back to that a little later on. Yeah. Um. So Frazil had asked us before the game, who do you think has won Vio's free kick taker award? uh and and of course it's harry kane of course harry kane won the award and took the free kick and took it very badly again uh i am sick to death of harry kane taking free kicks nathan is adamant that if he continues to take free kicks under vo he will suddenly get better at them
1: was it four? Nathan says four. We should put we should put this down as a bet or something. If Harry Kane scores four free kicks, then Wendy and I have to do something, or Nathan has to do All right.
0: something. We'll, we'll think about it. And work <laughs> it out. Four, I, I would like to talk that down to three, but right. I did I, tweet four so it's out, do out the there. Bet three. I'm happy to okay. Do, okay. do the bet on just three. We'll I'm happy to
1: do it on, on just one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one. One, all right, I, I'll
1: I'll think Maybe about what's appropriate. Too, no, because too, too. It, yeah, deflections happen. Yeah, okay. well, not that often. It hasn't. It's been six years or something. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I I was further encouraged. No, no, yep, 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 by what I saw, and I will be I will be producing content in some variety to explain my insanity in the near future.
1: As as someone that didn't see the free kick we're talking about or the free kicks, can can you explain because I'm sure there are other people who explain to me what happened at the free kick.
0: That... He hit it on the ground into the wall again.
1: So it didn't even get above shin above knee height.
0: I, I think that's correct.
1: <laughs> okay, and that's a positive. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yes
0: it is. Yeah.
1: So
3: okay, look if if we're gonna come up with some kind of routine where players drag other players out of the wall and create mm-hmm. a space for Kane to shoot through, then I can I can sort of see it. Um, It's absolutely infuriating to watch Harry Kane take free kicks and hit the wall Or go over the bar every single time The thing is, it's a bit like the Ericsson Corner discussion, right? It's it's a bit like that because my argument would be just hit the target, Harry, and and one will go in at some point. And Nathan's response will be, yeah, but that's not enough. You've got to hit the target with the right power, the right venom, the right Swerve. dip on the ball. Yeah, uh, you've got to, you know, if you're going to hit the target, you've also got to trouble the goalkeeper. Yeah, um, and and that's what Kane's trying to do. That's why he's hitting it over the bar so often because he's trying to get it just under the bar. You know, with the right amount of power. Um, I would personally be happier just to see Eric Dyer curl one over the wall and aim for the corner (laughs) at this stage (laughs) with a little less quality on the strike, you know? That's where my compromise would be.
1: I'd like to see us just cross it.
3: Uh, What I I hope for is that um, Gianni Vio comes up with some uh, test in training (laughs) way, you know, that he puts like a... A, a bin in the in the in the top corner of the net and says right. The first person that can get five out of the five out of ten of those in is my free kick taker for the whole season.
1: Something like so, that. I don't know. So you reckon our free kick coach has been watching Soccer AM and that's yeah. the basis of of <laughs> his free kick training?
3: Yeah, exactly that. And then it, and then it's some, It ends up being someone like, let's say, um, Huibier flukes it, and uh, it's Huijie for the whole season. That's that's what I hope to see. You know, it's just wants mm. to be different now. I can't I can't take watching Harry Kane drill free kicks into the wall over the bar for another season it's so wasteful
1: I want to see it be pushed square to Harry Kane to run on and hit it that's what I'd like
3: yeah I'm all for that that's, mm. uh, that's more fun yeah. um, a, a lot of our fans are getting a little um, concerned should we say based on our performance in this game against Roma and Arsenal's performance against um, Sevilla so Percy said is it at all alarming that Arsenal slapped Sevilla when we drew them and that they've generally performed better in pre-season than us, or does that mean nothing? And uh, Ram says, are you slightly worried about Woolwich this year? Interesting window and absolutely destroying teams in pre-season.
1: You know, you know, when you watch MasterChef on TV, these guys, they they practice and practice and practice these dishes before they go on the show. And they sat at home and they they nail it in the comfort of their own kitchen with the music playing and everything else. Then they go in the MasterChef studio. The lights are on. John Tarod and and Greg Wallace are, are, are zooming around. There's cameras all up in their face, and they bottle it. Their souffle goes all over the place. They can't. Even, there was an Italian on there who couldn't even cook a risotto. They. You know, it doesn't matter what Arsenal are doing at home in their kitchen because we know as soon as they get getting under the lights at a stadium that's going to give them a little bit of aggie, a little bit of aggro and everything else, or <coughs> it really matters. They're going to crumble like they always do. So no, I'm not worried about Arsenal at all.
0: Yeah, there's not a ton to read. Obviously, in preseason results, I think people generally know that. I, I know how it looks when you compare two different performances against th- the same team, but it is still preseason, so there's not a ton to say there. Um, in terms of the business they've done, they've done good business. Like I don't, there, there's been a a few people trying to like uh, they DM'd me or they've like tagged me on posts that are like digging at the Gabriel Jesus transfer, but like he's. He's really good. They, they've done good business there, you know? And I know that we would like, vaguely, briefly link to him, but he's really good. Uh, Vieira from, from Porto is a good creative player. Zinchenko, again, kind of a similar thing. And it's, like, individually really good players. Uh, I don't know much about Marquinhos, who so they've got from Brazil. But they've also, like, really hit the, like, cliche Arsenal niche of, like, diminutive technical players. <laughs> yeah. And they were severely lacking for athleticism. Um, I think, last year. They haven't addressed that. Awkwardly, I now have to acknowledge, hopefully, that they will not have Thomas party next season for reasons outside of football, but in terms of how that affects them on the pitch, that's a massive negative, right? They're going to they're going to be that weird cliche that hasn't always applied to them of being pushovers but i think it's really going to be the case they've got saliva who they're finally going to play it looks like and that will help them at the back um but they are going to be soft in the middle unless they bring someone else in and i think that'll start to show within the next few weeks
3: yeah to, to, to take on bardi's metaphor they've uh they've undercooked their steak it's um
0: <laughs> soggy to you know, the center
3: raw steak is delicious we all like it raw but theirs is barely cooked in the middle right you, know, you you can't serve it like that.
1: Well, I, I eat my steak blue. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to disagree with your analogy. I think um, they've um, they've made a, a tart and they've not blind baked it and it's got a soggy bottom. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, broadly speaking, I think I think Arsenal are, are going to be good this year. I think they've improved their squad. I think, you know, Arteta is another year. Um into his his stint there and that that's another year of getting his ideas across his principles across um, but I think we're better I think oh yeah we, we've got a better team better manager got more depth when their Europa League games come they will find that they cannot cope with the the scheduling they will find that their depth is insufficient for them to manage two competitions. Um, And they will will fall away. What I would say is they do have a favourable opening to the season. So don't be that surprised to see Arsenal start strong, right? And Spurs fans might panic if that happens. It won't last. It won't last. It just, it it never does. It won't last. Um, And the main thing is just to have belief in our ability to finish above them. So whilst Mm. I think Arsenal are good and they might well finish fourth, and I would say Chelsea are, are very much at risk from Arsenal. I think we're better, and I think we finished third or or maybe even push for second.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, we've got used to Arsenal now having these kind of months where they string four or five results together. That's, that's just normal. But then they'll always, as you said, they'll, they'll be the drop-offs. When, when they're wandering around deepest, darkest Moldova during the winter, then then we'll really see what they're made of.
2: Mm.
3: And having said that they've got a favourable start to the season, I think the Open against Crystal Palace, who I really rate, and I don't think that game is going to be a walkover for them at yep. all. I, th- Talking I think it could be a nil-nil. Th- nil.
1: Sorry, just one more thing on Arsenal. Like, my wife doesn't understand the amount of competitions that, that happens between... She's not really into football, so she's like European Championships, European Championships, Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup. Quite confusing to her, but she's now learnt that um, Champions League is played on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and Arsenal play on Thursdays. Because she goes, that's because they're shite. So uh, <laughs> the song has been quite useful in me teaching her the difference between Europa League and um, Champions Amazing. League. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> Put them in their place.
3: Uh, so a- another week and another sort of lack of outgoing transfers. So um, it seems like Joe Roden is is on his way out on a loan which could become permanent. Um, the Tanganga talks are ongoing, the Regulon talks are ongoing, the Lo Celso talks are ongoing, but we haven't got anything over the line yet with respect to those. Um, I mean, I, I could ask the same question again. Are we concerned? But I think at this point, we have to be a little bit concerned. We a have bit to, now, yeah. Um, I think we're probably looking more towards getting players out on loan rather than getting sales done, which comes with its own problems. It can mean... Um, less value in the in the final agreed price. Um, but I think we do acknowledge or need to acknowledge that we are fairly well off right now. We don't necessarily need to worry about the prices as much as we once did. And so kind of whatever happens, happens. Um, the, the, the incoming link that has really hotted up in the past week is Zagnolo. Uh, it does seem like there's some, some tangible interest there Um, Fun Flannel from Twitter says, what do you make of Zaniolo? Would prefer to go for Madison. Having him would have given a great option off the bench today, uh, that means in their Roman match, instead of Lucas and Richarlison, who are both carriers rather than ball players that would break a defence. And I think it's kind of hard to disagree with that. Um, Zaniolo is very much in this sort of dribbly boy Mm mould. Kind of already had that in Richardson in Lucas, and we had that option as well in Lascello. I would say, and uh, obviously Conte decided he didn't really want Lo Celso, who probably has more passing ability than Zaniolo actually. Yeah. Um, so why do you think we have targeted Zaniolo? Is it because he can play wide and also play in midfield?
0: Yeah, he could potentially play as one of the front three. Um, maybe I was saying before I was saying on Twitter maybe he could play in like a midfield three as the advanced state carrying from deeper positions. And there was reporting uh from Sean at ninety min that they were considering him as a wing back. So I don't know if the thinking would be like he could play all three or we'll work it out when he gets here or no, we specifically want him to come in and be our, our sixth wing back. Um I'm I'm really not sure. Uh I don't I spoke about him a lot last episode. Did you have any takeaways from the match?
3: He did incredibly little in this game, to be honest. He was quite uninvolved. Um, Mourinho doesn't seem to be a big fan of him, I would say. Uh, He plays him. He does play, play, but he seems to be on his case a lot. Um, I'm not excited about this one, I must
0: say. There is a lot of talent there. And while I think one of the worst cliches in football is oh well our manager who's currently winning football games wants him so he must be good is like the stupidest reasoning it boils my blood every time Um, I think Conte is one of the rare cases where where there is an argument there where Conte sees his talent there and thinks that he can mould him in a certain way and wants to work with him then yeah but he's just he's so not just raw, but like limited in certain areas. Mm. Um that he's a confusing bundle of of skills that hasn't like still formed into a senior player yet. Um so I'm not enthused. Um I wouldn't recommend it for most clubs in the world, but maybe, maybe <laughs> there's something there for Conte.
3: I mean, the homegrown thing makes it interesting as well because we're going to be having to leave out quite a few players, basically. In our, well, we have to sell, right?
0: We have to. We've got to be selling before we bring anyone else in at this stage. Because or at just least not... loaning. Well, at yeah, the very sure. least. getting off, getting off the books.
3: Yeah. Um, how are you both feeling generally about the the business we've done this summer? There's a there's a broad spectrum of opinions out there on social media about this summer and. I would say where I've landed is that I'm generally pretty happy with the business we've done, but I am left uh, completely underwhelmed by the fact that we've not really managed to upgrade right wing back. I mean, I really, really rate Jed Spence so highly, and I think there's a chance that later in the season he could become an asset, but it does seem for now, um, you know, all the reporting was that he was a club signing, that Conte likes him, thinks he's a good player, but obviously... I get the impression that he sees him as a work in progress, right? He's not going to just throw him in straight away. And so in theory, we could be starting the season with Dotti and Emerson Royale fighting out for our first choice wing back slot. And maybe Lucas as our third choice right wing back. And I kind of think like for me, that was the easiest position to upgrade this summer. Not that I think Dotti's a bad player. I think he's okay. I think Upgrading methodology is not a difficult thing when you've got lots of money at your disposal. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed ab- about the fact that we've not
1: done that. I would be happy if we'd sold a few more players by now. I think had we sold a few more players, we would have seen a little bit more movement. Leicester have basically said that they can't sign anyone until they sell someone. And I think we're now in that point where we won't sign anyone unless we start selling people. So it just needs one thing to move. And I think we'll see another two players come in. But I do think, like, I, I do agree with you that right wing is a concern. I don't think Spence will get major game time until much later on in the season.
0: Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, I, I'm kind of with Windy. Good business so far, but could still deal with some more general quality as centre-back. I don't think we're going to see more movement at a right-wing back. Uh, well, we're going to see movement out, maybe, but I don't think we're going to see movement in a right-wing back. And then, yeah, we, we clearly... Maybe not clearly, because I don't think that you can take away too much from yesterday's game, mm-hmm. uh, Saturday's game. But um, I do think that we could do with... Uh, a passer in the squad which I've been saying since you know since it was clear that Ndombele wasn't going to be in consideration basically we've we've needed a different source of of creativity in deeper areas
3: yeah I think as Bardi says until we start setting players it's really hard to know how this squad is going to end up um and and maybe it'll be that Actually, we'll wait for January for for reinforcements. If the players aren't around now, if they're not available now, if we can't get players off the books, then we bide our time. We we do what we did last year. We bring in proven quality, um, who we hope can hit the ground running, as, as Ben Zancor and Kuliseski did.
1: I think we're in a really strong place. I just think as a fan base, we're kind of like, everything happened so early and now mm-hmm. we're just kind of sat here waiting for the next thing to happen and we're just looking across to North London and Arsenal seem to be smashing teams and everything else like that and we've all just gone, oh, hang on, is the business we've done that good? But it is good. It's really good. We've signed a great midfielder, a um, we signed a great forward, and uh, we've signed a great wing back. So it's it's fine. It's just we're just getting a little bit panicky just before just before the wedding. We're just wondering whether or not we've got everything ready and in place.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're in a very strong position squad wise. The the mm-hmm. depth we've got now is is impressive, and obviously we have one of the best managers in the world. So generally speaking, I feel very optimistic about the season ahead. It's just uh, it's just the, the the right wing back that irks me a little bit and central center back i would say is a is a slight concern of mine as well but you know i can i can definitely live with what we've done so far it's uh it's broadly speaking good work So for the next few weeks, we are partnered with Athletic Greens. They are a climate neutral certified company. I'd like to put that out there from the start. Um, Bardi, tell us a little bit about Athletic Greens.
1: Yeah, so I started taking AG1 because I kind of wanted to improve my general health. And now I'm another week into my, into my journey. My wife, I seem to have spoken about a lot in this episode. My wife, who's all about naturopathic medicine and supplements, she's now got me modifying my daily dose. So with each scoop or sachet, depending, depending whether I'm on the road or at home, I'm adding a squeeze of lemon. Now, I, I didn't know this, but apparently it's well known that your body absorbs even more iron by pairing it with, with vitamin C, so a lemon. So what I've been doing is um, every morning squeezing a little bit of lemon in there. So I put a couple of ice cubes, squeeze a lemon, and then I shake it like Jose Mourinho waving an imaginary yellow card at the, <laughs> at the referee. Uh, we've also been experimenting with apple cider vinegar, which gives it a distinctive flavor, but I think it's definitely better with just lemon or with the two of them. Another benefit, which I realized when I was chatting to some of the ex-subs and, and people on Reddit, they're, they're good people on Reddit. So I started chatting to them about AG1 is is my toilet behavior. I was like a metronome previously, a few years ago. I was more regular than the Royal Mail, but now <laughs> I've, I'd lost, I lost my flow. And I didn't realize I'd lost my flow until I started taking AG1. And now I'm back on a, a tight schedule, which helps immensely because I'm Obviously, I'm training for a marathon and I need to get out in the mornings. And with AG1, I wake up. Five minutes later, I go to the loo. I've downloaded. Then I'm out running. So it's great.
3: So if you two would like to shit like a champion. <laughs> um, um, so the other thing to say is that they they use the best of the best products based on the latest science. So they're constantly evolving, which means there's constant product iterations and third party testing. So you, the product is evolving and changing over time. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash extra inch. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash extra inch to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Jamie T says, can we have your Spurs player of the season, young player of the season, top scorer, top assister, breakout star... Hot take and any other league-wide predictions you want to make for the upcoming season. Right, so we're just going to go for it, guys. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna make all of our preseason predictions. This is the last pod before the season starts, so we've got to put it all on the line. Um, player of the season, Bardi. Who do you think is going to be our player of the season? It was it was uh, Son Heung-min last year.
1: I think it's going to be for for the hipsters. It will be Perisic, but I think Son <laughs> will win it the overall vote because just Son always Popularity. wins the votes popularity yeah mm. i think
3: it's going to be cutie romero um he didn't play a full year last year because of injury and i i feel like he would have been in contention for it had he played the whole year because he is just so consistent and uh he's become ever more popular as time's gone on um and i think unfortunately son and kane's st- sometimes get taken for granted a little bit and Romero is kind of the, the hip new thing. So I'm gonna go Romero as player of the season. Nathan, what do you think?
0: Uh I agree that Simon and Kane get taken for granted in these situations, but I think that Kane is gonna have his best ever Spurs <laughs> season and the <laughs> and the undeniable player of the season.
3: Oh, I love the I love the idea of that. I hope you're right. I can see it as well. I can absolutely see it. Um so young player of the season. Um,
1: I started thinking we don't have that many young players so <laughs> I'm going to go for um, Ryan Sessignon even though oh. he had a good end uh, last season I think he's going to really step up and between him and Perisic we're going to end up having a, a really great left wing option that's, that will carry us through a lot of games. Okay
3: well I mean I feel like I'm cheating now if I say He, but he is only 22 right?
1: Yeah he, I forgot he's so young isn't he? Yeah. yeah
3: I mean you just think of him as being mid-20s but he is hmm. such a young man and I think it's really difficult to look beyond Tim as our as our star young player. He's so impressive.
0: Try. Do we have anyone who is a viable? Everyone, every all of our good like post academy players are being loaned out, basically, right? Or do, looking, we don't
3: know what's happen, happening with Alfie Devine just yet.
0: I don't. But even if he stays, he's he's not going to be seeing a ton of the pitch. So it has to be just one of our younger. So I guess it's spent, it has to be spent, right? For mm. me. Um, I think he might take a while to bed in. I think he might take a few weeks to, to to nail down the starting place, and then perhaps after the World Cup, second half of the season, he's gonna really shine.
3: Nice. Bardi, who do you think is gonna be top scorer?
1: I uh, can't see past Kane.
0: Retaking the crown from Sonny.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I think um yeah. I, so, I do, I do think Kane is going to uh, outstrip Sun this year.
1: I, I think an interesting point would be who's going to be second top goal scorer. So I, I think Sun, but I just have a funny feeling that Richarlison might crack in with maybe fifteen league goals. <laughs> nice.
3: I mean, I guess it depends how they split the minutes, right? Yeah. If if Richarlison's getting a good share of the minutes, then he is he is a goal scorer. He he does score regular goals. Nathan, how about you? Who's going to be our top scorer?
0: Yeah, Kane. That's consistent with my my point is that last season he was more of the assister. I think this season he's going to be more of the scorer. Well, both, Mm -hmm. obviously. It's always both. But um, getting getting on the end of more attacks this season and, and putting up crazy numbers. Um, I can't see anyone but Son being second top scorer. To be honest, I don't think Richardson is going to get that close to him, uh, or Vio is going to get that <laughs> that close to him. Basically, I think that those two are just always going to be way out ahead of everyone else. Yeah, but I think, I think, I think Kane might might break a record. Mm. I think I'm
3: going to have to go with Kane as top assistor as well. Um, Bardi, who's going to be top assistor
1: this year? Kulusevski. I just think with a whole <laughs> season, he might clock up quite a few.
0: All right, just to be different, I'll say Perisic. Mm.
3: Oh, I wasn't expecting that. I thought you were going to say Son to be different, but uh, that's that's encouraging. I mean, this is the thing. It's, it's such a nice conversation to have at the moment because there are so many options. Um, this one's tricky, breakout star. So I guess we would say last year it was Skip, despite the fact that he missed half the season. Um, I can't think of any, I mean, other than signings, I can't think of anyone else. It could be a, who, who will be the breakout star what year? are
0: the conditions of a mm. breakout star? What are, what are what are we asking for here?
3: I think they can be any age, uh, but they haven't yet had an impact for Spurs in the team. You know, it, it's, it feels like cheating if it, if you say like Richarlison, given that we spent sixty million on him, um, but someone who um, is perhaps not expected to, to be a star and is—is is that fair?
1: Yeah. So for this, I've gone for Bentanko. I just think he had a solid. And to see, he had a solid run in the team last year. I just think he's going to prove himself this year. And even though he's already like a star player, I think he's really going to do some do some bits this year.
3: Ooh.
0: I I don't know how well this fits the category. Uh, I'm going to say that Longlay is going to um, is going to get back in contention for the France squad at the end of the season. Longlay is go, not going to be held single handedly responsible for any particular loss. He's not going to get a red card and he's not going to give away a penalty. He's going to, he's going to re-establish himself as one of Europe's better centre-backs. So I was
3: also going to say Longley for a breakout star. And I will say that I think Longley will make it impossible for us not to sign him at the end of his loan. Mm. Uh, and, and given the fact that I th- I thought we we we've put him in as a stopgap because we want Bastoni in the summer, that could be interesting. If he has such an exceptional mm. spell that he makes us want to keep him rather than sign Bastoni, that would be that would be quite something. Um, but yeah, I, I really like what I see, and I think he's a good fit for the system. Um, hot takes. I mean, there's only one man who can start with the hot takes.
1: I thought Kane is going to score three free kicks. No. No. I I just I've said a few times now I just have a funny feeling about Brian Hill I just have a strange thing that he's going to be pretty good and he's going to prove himself this year and he's he's not gonna I'm not saying he's going to become undroppable but I think he's going to become a regular rotation option and that would be great to see from someone that's not really that well thought of
0: there's not a lot of uh, links away maybe he is in Conte's plans
1: yeah. The boy can run, I mean, up and down. He's got He's got the, he may not have the physicality or the size of him, but he's got an engine and I think I like Conte that. always appreciates an engine. I Do you like know what as well?
3: he's He's got a nice left foot. Get him on our
1: free kicks. But having a left foot doesn't mean you could take a free kick. It's just not, it doesn't go hand in hand. Any hot takes,
3: Nath?
0: Well, Kane's going to score three or more free kicks. Um, league-wide stuff. I think that United are going to be decent this year. Um, I think they're going to have their best year since 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 Ferguson left. Basically, um, not to be quite like title contention good because they can't close the gap on City and Liverpool, and they've got a lot of distance to cover to get there. Right, but they might. We might be looking over our shoulder at them this season, is what I'm saying. Um, damn, I thought I should have spent some time thinking about league wide predictions. Um,
1: How about um, Kane and Son to outscore Salah and Nunes? It's
3: not a bad show. Mm, I mean, it'd be a, tu- be a tough not, ask.
1: Is that not hot enough?
3: It's quite spicy. So, <laughs> my my Spurs hot take is that this is the year that Eric Dyer becomes a goal scoring centre back. I think <laughs> um, with our our set piece specialist, coach, uh, he will score headers, but also there have been some signs of him roaming forward a little more. We saw that run forward in pre season, ended up with a fantastic strike from the edge of the box. We know Dyer's got that in his locker um and he can take a free kick (laughs) as we've already discussed so uh i'm gonna say eric dyer to score four goals or more this year um one
0: of palace and brighton finish top eight nice
3: yeah i mean i really i really rate palace and you know brighton have signed well for the last few seasons and some of those players they've signed are now back from loan spells and looking potentially impressive um that wouldn't surprise me at all good shout um Lampard and Gerrard spent their entire England career playing in a in a in a mismatched central midfield. Yeah, I think they're both going to be fired by Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can I can see. I think that thing is. I I think that Gerrard is a lot better than Lampard from what we've seen. But I think they're both going to struggle this season for he, sure. He
3: he could not make the players fit into his chosen mm-hmm. Villa eleven at the back end of last season, and they looked rubbish. They look really rubbish. Uh Sean Dyche to come in to manage one of those teams and oh, well. do
0: a very good job. Dyche should be like buying houses in Liverpool now. Mm. Like there's <laughs> his boys are there, they need they're gonna need safety relegation, they're gonna be pre-programmed to his football. The league is crying out for, <laughs> for Sean Dyche. Hell yeah. He he should be he should be renting at least in, in Merseyside immediately.
3: One thing I will say about Everton, and I do think they are still really poor in midfield, but Patterson is an excellent right back, and he will show that this year. And I do think that Dwight McNeil is a really good signing for them. I like McNeil a lot, and I think that he
1: is finally someone who can pick out Delhi's runs. And that's what they they need. I love the fact that I, I know Windy, and as soon as the word Everton came up, I should have got a piece of paper and just held up a sign saying Dwight McNeil because I knew that's where we were going to go. Windy loves these kind of players. He, he absolutely loves them. But yeah, I don't think he needs a genius to think that Lampard will be the first manager sacked. I think Gerrard will survive another season, but Lampard's done for sure.
0: Skamaka's going to go for 70 million next summer.
1: Oof. That's... um. That's quite the signing. That was quite the intro video. <laughs> it was. And I've never been jealous of West Ham, but watching that little video with James Richardson, I was just like, oh, now, now I'm jealous. Mm. What do you think West Ham will do this year? Seven. There's, there's a lot of competition for the top 10. I mean, I think... If you're David Moyes, he's the perfect striker for David Moyes. He's like eight foot ten. They could just whack free kicks and corners at him. And him and Antonio will be, they'll be good, but they'll they'll run out of legs. They've got Europa League and everything else. I so still don't think they've got the squad. Mm. Not, not, sorry, Conference League. They still don't think they have the squad to do two days a week. But they'll they'll beat a lot of big teams and draw with a lot of rubbish teams.
3: They will have pretty good chance creation. If you think, I mean, none of their um, sort of attacking midfielders are outstanding, except probably Bowen. But they've got some clever players: Lanzini and Benrama and Fornals. These are all kind of not exceptional players, but they they definitely have some quality. And you can imagine Skamaka taking a lot of chances from uh, from their deliveries. Creswell as well is a really good crosser of the ball. Um, so that'll be interesting. It's just again, it's. How invested is Declan Rice gonna be in probably his last season there and Suchek really fell off a cliff last year is uh, what's gonna happen there. Didn't they sign another midfielder? No. Don't we know. can't remember. We cannot remember.
0: <laughs> um, Alistair Gold has just tweeted that that Rodin to Haydn is like all but announced. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's one out. Wasn't wasn't the previous reporting that if we moved on one of Rodan Sanchez or Tazenga that we would then be looking at another centre back?
3: That was at one stage the reporting. I think now we would need to move on both or more players. To be honest, Um, especially if if you know we want Zaniolo and then are looking at a non-homegrown centre back as well, things are going to get tricky.
0: I would prefer a centre back.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, same. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think definitely it's it's more of a requirement, and then you, you look for an attacking midfielder come January, perhaps Torres.
0: No, can't jump.
3: Um, so let's talk Southampton. We touched on it a little bit earlier. First game of the season. Sean says, I'd love to hear each of your ideal starting 11s for the opening game against Southampton. And maybe what you actually think we will see, assuming they differ. So ideal and then what you think we'll see. Um, should we do this together? hmm. So the recent goal, obviously.
0: Um, Forster's decent with his feet no I'm kidding I'm not going to do this every time (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, Back three I think we can say that Romero and Dyer are both what we would want to see and what we will see and then there's an interesting discussion about left centre back Uh, Daddy Davis is not quite fit so it would be a little bit of a risk throwing him in Sanchez has played every preseason game on the left and then Longley really impressed in the second half against Roman now I think Am I right in saying we'd all like Longley to start? Yes. Yes. And we probably think that he
1: won't? I think he might now. I think he might have just edged his way in, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the um, to see Sanchez start.
0: Mm.
3: That's kind of where I am as well. Nathan, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm sort of 50-50. Mm-hmm.
3: Wingbacks are interesting. Um, so Conte was quite uh, clear after the game that Perisic and Doherty have a lot of work to do to be fully fit. Um, but that's not necessarily saying that they're not fit enough to start against Southampton. I My best guess is that Emerson Real and Sessegnon start in this game. Really? I
1: thought um, I thought it was going to be Perisic and Doherty. I don't see much. Yeah, I, I think those two start. That would be my preference.
3: That's mm. that's what I'd like to see. I, I've just got a feeling that it will be the kind of the quote-unquote fitter players um, for the first game and then perhaps we revert to Perisic and, and Doherty after that. What do you think, Nathan?
0: Yeah, I think Paris is indoority start.
3: Okay. Well oh, I I I hope you're right. I hope you're right. That'll be that'll be really nice. Um central midfield, obviously skip is is out and it does seem as though the injury is perhaps worse than first feared. Uh but we still have a, a good choice to make. I think it will be Huibier and Bentancur starting. I think Basuma looked um he looked like he's got some adjusting to do to Conte's system. Is a kind way of putting it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Berg and Bentancur start. And
3: and again, that's kind of what I'm. I'd like to see as well. Nathan, any any difference there?
0: No, I think you're probably right.
3: And then I think the front three picks itself. It's it's
1: Kane. It's Son. It's Kudelski. Especially with Richarlison suspended, it kind of that's it. It's the, I don't see anyone else forcing their way in.
3: Mm. Yeah. So first change um, will probably be Richarlison. Second change will be Lucas on, from that front three. I suspect I, I imagine we'll probably sub off both wing backs after 60 65 minutes make full use of these subs and then Basuma will come on as well.
1: Who's the um who's the player you were getting excited about at Southampton the one that scored the the flukiest wonder goal you've ever seen? Arebo? Oh um yeah Joe Arebo is he
3: I'm not he's he's pretty good he's pretty good. He's not he's I don't think he's the player that we should necessarily be watching yet but I did like him when he was at Charlton.
1: Oh, okay. fine. I thought they'd, they'd
3: sign some wonder kid that you were a fan of. Yeah, he's he's okay. He's okay, and um, they they have done some some transfer business. Southampton. Uh, it sounds like they're trying to sell uh, Che Adams to Leeds potentially, which is a I think a questionable choice given that they don't have broyer anymore. Um, I don't really know why they would want to sell Adams. So if that happens, then I guess they start with Adam Armstrong up front against us, um, who's. Kind of okay, uh, but I don't know. They've they've also signed Seku Mara from um, Bordeaux, who is a, a six foot striker. I don't know a lot else about him. He's young. I think he's probably one for the future. You know, Southampton have some good players, but we should be we should be beating them. It should it should be a comfortable home win, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm still getting. we have just got flashbacks of last season's game against them. <laughs> but Yeah, we should beat them. Any
0: concerns, Nathan? Um, just about fitness. I feel like. Did it feel like a shorter preseason to usual? Do we have has, less games? It has, it
3: has felt shorter to me. Yeah, that, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if that is reality or just perception, but it has felt shorter. I, I think, uh, yeah, I
0: don't
1: it's know. just because we haven't been playing at home. Really, we've been away a, a for, for everything.
0: Maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, um, they'll have had it all planned out. It just felt quite a quick turnaround to be to be getting up to match fitness again quick. And obviously, the way Southampton play, if you're not sharp, they can make things horrible for you. Mm-hmm. Um you never sort of know with the first game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little rough because of fitness reasons and stuff. Um but we're definitely a better team than Southampton and their business has been um not great short-term business, I guess, you could say.
3: Yeah. So we'll end on this question from Jack Cowling who says, "I'm equally in love with Romero as you all seem to be after professing this love and to the extent that I rate him as in on course to be the best I've seen at Spurs in 30 years and Lily King is my favorite ever Spurs player." Um so, Jack professed that to a friend who is a Liverpool fan. He simply retorted, But you'd swap him for Van Dyke. My immediate thought was, No, then with a little more consideration, bias aside, of course you would. Then, after thinking about age, etc., Jack said he doesn't know if he would swap Romero for Van Dyke. Um, Firstly, I would say that that is very mean spirited of Jack's friend to, uh, to, to sort of downplay his love for. For a, a favorite favorite player, by saying yeah, but you'd swap him for so and so. It's like let him have this, let let him enjoy his let him enjoy his favorite player. Romero is fucking brilliant, and it's it's definitely not outrageous to be
1: saying how great he is. Um, would
3: you swap Romero for Van Dijk, Bardi?
1: I mean, Van Dijk is a complete defender who's been playing now for quite some time at the top level and makes very few mistakes. So if you're just going to go for one season versus one season, you probably would swap him but I wouldn't like the common sense is you swap him because Van Dijk is the complete defender right now. And Romero still has a little bit to, to improve here and there, but I think Romero is fantastic. And if he stays three, four years with us, he'll probably go down as one of our greatest ever defenders because he, he just has everything. So my head would probably swap him for a one year deal thing, but my heart says, no way I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Which is not, Yeah. It's, it's, I feel really bad saying that, but, but because I wouldn't swap him, because I, I never do think with my head anyway. So no, fuck it, I'm not swapping Romero. He's staying.
3: He's seven years younger as well. You know, you know, yep. this is we we've got a lot of Romero to look forward to. Um, you can only imagine. You know, centre backs tend to hit their prime at what twenty seven, twenty eight. So he's not there yet, mm-hmm. and he's already this good. I think also he is. I can't think of anyone that would fit our system better than Romero. He sort of just does everything he needs to do wonderfully.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is it. Van Dyke is the better overall player right now, but he profiles for the central role so he would displace eric dyer and then what you'd have to move dyer to the right-sided position i don't think that would be best for him he just he he doesn't suit our needs he doesn't suit what we're after we'd be we would be we would need to do more business if we Mm swap those players right Mm -hmm. um I, i don't think that would be optimal business for us basically because of the the way that our squad is built and the needs so while whilst Van Dyke is the is probably the better player, I wouldn't make that swap at all.
3: Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm glad we've all come down the side of of cootie. Um, I just want to say thank you very much to everyone who left us a review on PodChaser. Um, so PodChaser got bought by Acast and they allow you to to rate and review podcasts amongst other things do have a look on that if you google pod chase with the extra inch will be the first result that pops up it would be lovely if you would leave us a review on there um hope you enjoyed the the new music and the new artwork um again thank you so much to david Lindmer and for, to Trayton for their um, work on those and uh and yeah we'll be back next week hopefully after a, a comfortable spurs win on opening day You have been listening to The Extra Inch with me, Windy, my sidekick and best friend, Barney, and our tactics guy, Nathan A. Clark. If you like this, there's plenty more at patreon.com forward slash The Extra Inch. Production is by Nathan A. Clark. Our logo, artwork and website are designed by Creighton Miller. Our music is by David Lindmer. You can find him on Instagram at David Do check him out, he's great. Great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us at podcast at uk. Subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. And most importantly, be sure to tell all of your Spurs friends. Shout out to the X-Sub, we love every single last one of you. And of course, come on, you
0: Spurs.